so, are you curious? Welcome to the Curiosity Codex. I am your ardent enthusiast, Kyle Olson. We're continuing our conversation with actor, director, and voiceover artist Mandy Fabian. We've heard her humble origins as a girl growing up in Texas, but now she'll tell us tales of the Big Apple, her first auditions, booking a commercial, hobnobbing with rock stars, and her first appearance in a big movie. But first, we pick up where we left off. Fresh out of school and ready to become a star, Mandy headed directly to... Boston? Chapter 2. The Dharma of Dominoes. All right, so let's uh, let's pick up where we left off. And I believe we left off in Boston. Post-collegiate, you had moved to Boston. I mm-hmm. uh, got a job at Cheers. Yep, I sure did, yep. And then, so what, what was going on in the career? Uh, well, <laughs> aside from, you know, serving fries to potential TV fans and producers, uh, <laughs> I was, like I said, I, so I was planning on going to, I was going to go to London. I made plans with a... a friend of mine from improv, we were going to go over and just do improv like crazy kids and, and see how the British Brits liked our comedy stylings. And then I For actually... Like extended vacation or like to move there? Well, no, just, I mean, you can't really move there and work there. Oh, okay. You know, the United States is the only place where you can do that. Thanks. No, thanks. But no, thanks, U.S. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, well, you can't, you can't just go work in London. But uh, I did not ever end up going because, weirdly enough, that pilot that I did, yeah. um, I got a call from, a, uh, I don't even know how they found me, to be honest, but the lady who did that pilot was casting a, an all-female sketch show. Uh, I think it was called, like, She TV or something like that, okay. in in New York, and wanted me to come and, like, audition for it. Wow. Yeah. Work uh, begets work. That's kind of what I thought. So I'm like, you know, oh, darn, can't go to London. Instead, I go, oh, I'm going to go audition for this TV show in, in New York. And I go and I do the audition. And Okay, so, yeah, is, so, so, so walk yeah. me through the audition. So like, oh, okay. You, you go, like, obviously, you, you travel down. You drive down? Did I drive? I'm, I think I drove. I don't know. It's Boston and New York. I think I probably took the train. I think I had a boy a boyfriend at the time who lived in D.C. And he was like, I'll meet you in New York. And so I think he came with me for the first part. But so I stayed at the, um, I didn't know what to do. You know, I sure. like, I, I took the train to New York City and I stayed at the Milford Plaza, the Ooh. lullaby of Broadway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I don't, it was like the only hotel that, somebody told me about. So I stayed there for a night or two. Yeah. Um, I did the audition. And then I think I went back to Boston. Oh, okay. So the audition was yeah. basically like I had to do three different characters. So did, um, they, did it actually like they said, be here at this time? Or was it like we're doing it from this span, show up during this span? No, it's like you have an appointment at 1030 on a Wednesday. Okay. You would think that I would remember these details, but I guess <laughs> <laughs> whatever you remember. I just I'm just curious because I, I like I've never I've never had no, any professional auditions. Like, so I'm curious like what the yeah. actual process is like. Yeah, they're like, hey, you have an audition, eleven o'clock on Monday. Here's the address. Show up with your headshot and you know, which I don't even think I had at the time. And you know, get there and and you need to have prepared. I think probably like accents and characters and things for sketch shows. You always had to do like you know, three minutes of characters and, you know, impressions if you have them and all that stuff. And you had to write it and perform it and do all that. So what did you have in your your audition bag at that point? I think the big one I had was that bowhead sorority girl character that I did. Yeah. Um, And I don't remember what else I did. I probably did some country singing thing because I had, I was from Texas, so I always had a good solid you know, country whack-a-mole character. <laughs> um, and and then, you know, to be honest, maybe a British accent. I probably just did as many accents as I could do because I could do them. I'd been doing them since I was kids. Sure. Since I was a kid. So, yeah, so I, it went well. And I think what happened is the casting director was like, you need to stay in town for a few more days. Oh, um, yeah. And so I, well, that was kind of my reaction. Oh, I remember what I did. 
I remember what I did now. I found a friend of mine from college because I'd gone to college in New York. And I, 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 I don't even, how did I find these people? I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't, <laughs> like there wasn't the internet. Like right. I don't even know how I found these people. I yeah. must have had somebody in a phone. I must have had a cell. No, nobody had cell phones. No. Wow. I don't know how I found these people. I must have had my housemate's number memorized or something. I think I stayed with him one night in New Jersey. Anyway, <clears throat> I found friends and through the grapevine, I found places to stay while I went and I met with, they set up meetings for me with like a manager and an agent. And so I, it was the craziest thing. I I came to town for an audition and I ended up getting a manager and an agent and a commercial agent. And then they were like, okay, so move to New York now or you're going to be an actor. I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty, pretty magnificent, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, I and, uh, say that, that has to be a, a legendary audition. Like, that's not the way most auditions go. No. But you know what's funny? I, I didn't get the job. <laughs> well, I say, and, and uh, I've never heard of SheTV, so I think you might uh, I think you might be okay. <laughs> maybe I dodged a bullet there. Yeah, maybe. Well, th- clearly they did not have, they didn't cast the right people. <laughs> well, that it was could it. have been that's, a hit. Clearly that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I, I, it was, you know, I, I was just, I was like 20 one? I was 21. So, you know, I, I think that was part of it too. The fact that I was 21 and funny yeah. and I had stage experience. I was saying, you, I you had actually chops. had a lot of experience, much more than somebody coming out of, you yeah. know, the actor studio or whatever. You'd had a lot more stage time. Yes. I had a ton of stage time, not so much time in front of the camera, right. <laughs> uh, which is a different skill I yeah. learned. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so I, yeah, so I moved to New York and like, so how how do you how do you just move to New York? Right. I well, I decided that now that I had all these people who I was going to be working with, they're like you need to move to New York. So I my manager, yeah. Uh, my new manager let me sleep on his couch for a month. Okay. Um which w- sounds creepy, but it wasn't creepy at all. We were just like buds for a month and he took me around to all the little theaters in New York and took me to shows of his clients and showed me stand-up clubs where I could do stand-up if I wanted. I did not, yeah. but where I could if I yeah. wanted. Um, and and then um, I stayed with him for New York, and then it just turned out that one of my housemates from college was also planning to move to New York to pursue uh, dance. Okay. Um, and so she and I, I had nothing. I had no furniture. I had nothing. Right. Um, but she did. So we. she came to New York. We found a little studio apartment. Do you which remember we, where? She, like approximately where? Of course I do. It was <laughs> 250 York. East 39th Street. It was ah, 39th okay. and 2nd Avenue. That was All my right. first place. Yeah. And so we that's, um, so that's south. I mean, I said Midtown. Lower. Oh, Midtown. Okay. Right in the middle. Like, so 42nd Street's really like the okay. main central part yeah. by Grand Central Station. Okay. Um, which, fun fact Grand Central Station is actually a Grand Central terminal. Because the actual trains that come in there don't go through there. They depart from Grand Central and they arrive at Grand Central. Uh, how about how about that? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. You, uh, you still have a lot of knowledge from your time living in New York. <laughs> I did. Yeah. You learn a lot of stuff when you're waiting for jobs <laughs> well, and suppose, trying to be and an also, actor. Yeah, exactly. Being a word actor, having no money. You got to oh, learn, yeah. learn your subway routes. Yep. Yep. I, I did buy rollerblades to okay. try to save money on subway fare. Okay. And um, after I nearly died when a van brushed my arm, I decided that maybe it was worth the money to ride the subway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got a job waiting tables at the Hard Rock Cafe. Oh, very nice. Well, I tried I tried Planet Hollywood first mm-hmm. because, well, you sure. know, the Because lo- <laughs> you, you might run into Arnold. He might be want to put you in his next movie. Right. I wanted to be in entertainment so that was the natural choice serving chicken um, fingers right next to uh, a famous prop (laughs) from uh, you know from Rambo yeah yeah and they showed trailers in that like while people were eating they could watch trailers and little clips of movies and things it seemed like home sweet home but they weren't going to give me a a high enough paying job so I I went to the hard rock cafe I mean you're getting paid in prestige working at Planet Hollywood (laughs) (laughs) exactly the you know lots of very fancy red carpet events Mm, mm backdoor invitations to to cater almost any important party in town (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyone who's anyone of the hoi polloi would cater with the yeah. planet Hollywood. You yeah. want that? Uh, what was it? Uh, 
Captain Crunch Crusted Chicken. I remember that was one of their big signature dishes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, I worked at the Hard Rock, so they were the enemy, so I didn't really eat much oh, there. But okay. I, did, did, I you see any, did you see any, you know, rock stars at the Hard Rock Cafe? Yes. Oh. I actually, and I, I'm a, it's embarrassing because I didn't even know who they were, but the Smiths. Okay. Um, And I... I think Squeeze, I, I want to say Squeeze okay. played there one time. And we did, I can't remember some of the bigger ones, but the Smiths was a, like, I didn't know who they were, but it was a big deal. So apparently, if memory serves me correctly, I had drinks with Morrissey. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Now, not something to brag about, but back then. <laughs> <laughs> what was he doing in the Hard Rock Cafe anyway? He's a uh, yeah, giant exactly. vegetarian. I don't right? know. Um, yeah. But uh, so it was, you know, it, and it was, I was like, hey, I'm on my way. I'm waiting. Well, that was the thing. I got a job waiting tables and I went and got yeah. headshots and we're like, okay, here we go. And I'm like, this is great. I'm going to star in a TV show. And oh yeah, I got the job waiting tables after I found out that I didn't get the TV show. Right. So, so that was a weird, We don't yeah. have to get into like specific dollar amounts, but like is a working waitress's wage enough to pay for half of rent in New York, even back then? What a, what an excellent question, sir. And Thank you. yes, yes, it okay. is. Because okay. we were sharing a studio apartment and sure. sharing a bed. Sure. There was no bedroom. Yeah. Um, luckily, we were close and got along very well. Yeah. And neither of us were dating. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's true. No, we have Unless... to worry about the uh, socks hanging on the door knob, huh? Yep. Nothing like that. Uh, yeah. So it was it was nine hundred dollars a month. Okay. And I worked three to four shifts at the Hard Rock Cafe, at and uh, probably pulled in about four hundred and fifty dollars, which would have been my rent. Okay. Yeah. That's so how the math works. You weren't, you weren't thriving. You weren't. Uh, you know, no. also going to see tons of Broadway shows. But oh no, no, you were no. surviving. So, mm-hmm. what did you find out that about agents and managers then? Like now you had both of them, so. What yeah. what do they do for a, a, a brand new actress, you know, fresh off the boat? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, uh, like or fresh off the I guess fresh off the, the bus. They they set up meetings. There's there's different they set up general meetings with okay. like casting directors and people. And what's so that, that like? Ever, is, is that just chatting? Yeah. Okay. So it's just like, like chatting hey, like how are hey, you? Like, what do you want to do? Yep. What have you been up to? Where are you okay. from? Just at making first sure you're I was, not creepy. I guess, yeah. Well, and also, I think it really helps to get a sense of somebody's essence, you know? Like, that really is how you want to cast something. Like, it's weird because actors, you know, they can do a lot of different things. But Mm -hmm. if you're—this is what I know now. Of course, I didn't know it then. Sure. But, you know, they— if they can get a sense of who you are, then they— and that works for the character, Mm -hmm. then they know that if you're tired, if— you know, there's no time to direct you into more than one take. You know, if if anything happens, they have this fallback of like, all right, at least if she opens her mouth and talks, she's going to seem like this character. <laughs> like in a weird way, in case the actor doesn't have that, I don't know, extra level transcendental, like becoming a character. Sure. If, if, they're, if what they are is close enough to the character, it's like, I don't know, makes everybody more comfortable, I guess. <laughs> okay. So do you have to sort of, as an actor, like mentally prepare for those things? Or are you just going to go in and be like, oh, let's just sit down, let's have a chat, and let's let's figure out what's going on? Or are you actually like, I am on stage, I am performing a role as a decent human being? Well, uh, yeah. So if it was an audition, you would prepare. Sure. That's what I, I'm saying, uh, the difference between the two. like. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, I mean, like, do you feel like you're performing when you're in those kind of meetings? Unfortunately, I did. Okay. But I don't think that you actually have to. <laughs> I was from, like, I was such from the world of sketch comedy and improv, you right. know. You're yes-anding and, them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was just kind of, I think I was very goofy and who knows, you know, <laughs> I, but I I made friends with the casting directors. They did okay. bring me in for stuff. You know, it was a very funny thing, which I learned about Hollywood very quickly, which was like, oh, I'm 21, but you want me to play someone who's 35. <laughs> <laughs> oh, OK. It was, mm-hmm, it was very interesting. Like a lot of the TV stuff, you know, I, I got I would get auditions for things that were 
10 to 15 years older than me, which I guess that was a Hollywood thing at the time. You know, I was like, are they really going to cast a 21-year-old? Or do I look 35? I don't know. Right. So but do you I, have, do you have yeah. a worst audition story from that period? Oh, God. Well, yes. Um, unfortunately, I also thought, because I had done stage and singing, I thought that maybe I wanted to try out for some Broadway. You know, oh, like well, of course. I mean, why not? Right. Yeah, right? Um, and so, but because I was also a comedian and not a very good singer, there was no chance of me just standing there and wowing them with my voice. So <laughs> I was always trying to come up with these clever things to do. So there is... Um, a musical called Company. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh-huh. You know that song, Part of Me is Everybody There Because If Everybody's yeah. There, I'd like to thank you all for coming to the wedding. Thank you all for the gifts and the flowers. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So that's a hard enough song to sing if oh, you yeah. just stood there and sang it. But I was going to be clever. And I had a whole bit worked out where I, I was trying to, like, take off a dress because I was trying to get out of a wedding dress. And I think I had clothes on underneath, but I know that what happened was, I think I blacked it out a little bit, but <laughs> I I think I tried to get through it two or three times before I, I fell flat on my face. Like I literally was trying to pull my leg out of the skirt and fell and they were like, uh, you know what? Why don't you just... Can you just sing the song and not... <laughs> not and, do physical comedy at the same time? Oh, God. And by that time, it was like, I should go. I should just go. And do you there was remember another... any of the shows that you actually auditioned for? Oh, um... Oh, God. I auditioned for this... I auditioned for the show of my dreams, and I actually got the part, and then I canceled it. Um, it was like a, a musical about stand-ups. Oh, wow. So it was kind of perfect. Yeah. Because I'd have somebody writing all my stand-up material, and then I could... It was more like country, you know? It was like yeah. all stuff that I could really sing, not Broadway stuff, but they it never went. It never went. Um, Maybe you should circle rack around on them. Yeah, right. You Look know? into it. I, you know what? I don't remember. I, well, I auditioned for Everybody Loves Raymond. I know that. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, Phil I, Rosenthal. I, yeah. 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 And I, I auditioned for a show called Townies, which is a weird thing because my husband ended up booking a part on that show. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so if I, I had booked... I vaguely remember that show. I think it's Jenna Elfman booked the part that okay. I was auditioning for. Ah. And if I had booked it, I would have met him so much sooner. You could have been Dharma. I could have been Dharma. <laughs> that's going to be the title of my autobiography, folks. <laughs> I could have been Dharma, but I wasn't. Boy, he has a lot of really good... I could have been, I could have been stories. Uh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, I I don't, it's terrible talking about, because I don't really remember uh, a lot of the shows that, I think I auditioned for Stomp at one point. Okay. <laughs> and wow. Blue Man Group. I okay. was really trying everything. Well, yeah, at that point. So, so that, so that the, the life was working, obviously, at, at Hard Rock, and then, yeah. And then audition, work, audition, work, audition. I mean, this is the story of every young actor. And, uh, yep. and so did you start to recognize people? Like, as you go to all auditions, like, oh, there she is again. Like, because, I mean, you had to be up for the same parts as uh, as 100 other women at the same time. Yes. I, uh, yeah, we, I, I, that's how I met Missy Pyle. And we became oh, friends. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um because she and I were always auditioning for similar things. And she's so nice. Oh, my God. We're both from Texas, so. Uh, she, she was in Galaxy Quest, so she's royalty to me. Yeah. <laughs> she was in two of my movies. Oh, wow. Two? Maybe three. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. She's, she's great. Um, so I saw Missy Pyle a lot. And uh, I'm trying to think of, of who else, <laughs> once Dharma stole my life... <laughs> Um, I don't think I saw a lot of famous people. I think it was a lot of, well, like, sure. yeah, there's people you didn't have, that you didn't, I, have a, you didn't have, like, a rival? Like, you sh- like door opens up and you go, oh, no, she's here. She's going to steal the part. <laughs> not really. I don't think so. I think because at the time I was not, I didn't really know how to audition. And let me say that auditioning is a totally separate skill. Oh, okay. Okay, so, yeah, so and, what, what did you learn? Because obviously this is on-the-job training. No one teaches you how to audition. No. So what did, I mean, what did you learn as you had went off to although, audition after audition after audition? They do have classes. They oh, really? have classes. Oh, yeah. You can take an audition class. There's some guys. Um, oh, there's amazing, amazing 
teachers in that. Bob Krakauer is a guy who's a great acting teacher. I took his on-camera audition class and like I took it honestly probably like three or four years too late because <laughs> I really, you know, I, I was kind of like, what's going on? I don't really know how to do this. I think I also, I was such a stage baby, you know, All I right. didn't understand the camera. I didn't understand how that worked. And the weird thing is, you're not going to believe this, but it is so much easier for me to get on stage and perform for 900 people than it is for me to audition for two people in a room. I I could not agree with you harder about that. Right? I, I, I feel the exact same way. I have... Yeah. I worked for... Uh, for It was Phoenix Comic Con at the time, but it, it became Phoenix Fan Fusion just because of lawsuits. Um, huh. uh, but I have, I have stood in front of 3,000 geeks and talked to them, just like, you know, telling the rules and, and what's going on and, and just having a chat. And it could not have been calmer. Yeah. But yeah, but put me in a room with like, you know, to, to interview for a job, whatever, with like two people. It's like, and I, um, I think that... Uh, I, I, yeah. I absolutely know what you're talking about. And maybe that's it's, the weird performer disease. Maybe that's the... Oh, the, I had it I'm more bad. comfortable on stage than I am, you know, <laughs> taking oh, yeah. a taxi. Yeah. Well, and, and I <laughs> was... An I, I always did characters, you know? Like, so I was pretty... Whenever I found a character that I could really, like, lock into and it, and it wasn't me anymore, it was, like, just the character... I know that sounds crazy, but that's, like, the only way I could ever relax is, this, is if I had such a character to do that it it was no longer like me doing it but that's weird that's i think that freaks people out <laughs> i remember listening kevin pollock's uh kevin pollock's chat show he's uh he talks something about this and he says that when he goes into characters even like famous like auditions he says sometimes they're smarter than him that like he'll say he'll end up saying stuff and he's like where did that come from how did i know that you know he'll say like yeah he, sometimes he just gets into this zone where it's like he's like really just sitting back going, who's doing this? Am I still in control here? Oh, God, that's amazing. That's so exciting when that happens. I had that um, experience. I was doing a sketch comedy show and I was doing this character that was bombing. I mean, it wasn't funny. It just <laughs> wasn't funny. And I didn't know how to make her funny. And I like had a real I was freaking out. It was a big, we were gonna, a big industry show, you know, and I went across the street and I was like, OK, I don't know how to make this funny. <laughs> something, something has, like, I need help. I think I was literally, like, praying. I think I was like, I need help. I I, I, I need help. Like, make this funny. Oh, Comedy gods. Like, Please come to me. <laughs> make this funny. And it came to me, like, before I went on stage, There, I got an inspiration. I got, oh. like, a, I got help from the comedy gods. And uh -huh. I was like, just... Just do Irene Dunn. Just just do an impression of Irene Dunn and it'll work. And so totally untried. The director didn't even know I was doing it. We did this character called the Gossip Lady. <laughs> and she was all gossipy and telling stories about what went on behind the scenes. And <laughs> and I just did this character. And the material, as we had seen before, was not funny. But that character was and I stretched it out and I danced on those words uh -huh. and the crowd went crazy. And that's how I got my other, my real commercial agent, the one that I still have. Oh, wow. Because they came and saw that show. Okay, okay. So then, so then you're auditioning, auditioning, auditioning. What was the first thing you booked? Not necessarily the biggest thing, but like what's the first thing you remember like that you got to come back and you, and you got the check? <laughs> um... I think it was probably, honestly... A commercial? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It yeah, was I a... Um, it was like a... Maybe it was a... a uh, no, like a... Oh, my God. I don't even remember what the commercial was for. <laughs> it was something like... I wanted to say Sprint or okay. Sony, but I'm like, did they have Sprint back then? I don't even know. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, was it I got still AT&T? Yeah, it was like something that was brilliantly... It was a giant commercial. Collect. I'm trying to think of what the, in that era I had what to, would have been. I had to be a waitress in a diner. Okay. And whoa, hey, it's typecasting. Yep, yep, exactly. And I, but it was a big enough a commercial. Like it, it was a national network commercial, and I got that. And then, and then I got a Nokia commercial, which was so fun. I got to like travel all over the country and do man on the street kind of interviews oh, with wow. people. And ask him about Nokia phones. Okay. And I loved it. I loved it. 
So what um, did you? So obviously you've done you've done the pilot before, and I've, and but when you first show up on set to a commercial, yes. What would you remember that? I mean, do you remember what it was like? Sort of like. I don't know. What, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I am. And just I'm having oh, to God. act like you. You're like, no, I do this all the time. No, you have no idea what you're doing. And 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 they're all like, production is such a. You've been on sets, yeah? No. Oh, okay. Well, I, it's, all I know it, is ever, from behind the scenes things. Okay. Well, everybody <laughs> so a, has. I know their, it's a lot of go 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 though. Everybody's just like, yes. You don't want to be the one that stops everything. Right. There's a lot of waiting around, and yet every person is like, when it's time to do my job, I'm. You know, you got to be ready to go. Right. But uh, it was so bizarre because I didn't really know. I didn't know how to hit a mark. Like you have to, you have to stand where they tell you to stand, and if they tell you to walk and stop and say a line, you have to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and you have to be able to take direction, which was not something that I ever did because I was always on a stage. There was, you know, there was someone who would adjust a performance after the fact, but not, not like now repeat that right away, you know, like, like stop and then come in and adjust you right there. Yeah. So it was, um, it was, I'm sure it was crazy, scary, you know? Right. But, but fun too, because I mean, every, you walk on a set and everybody calls you talent. You're, <laughs> they don't even call you by your name. It's like well, your sure. talent. And I'm like, I could get used to this. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously it, a, a commercial shoot is, just like a, a mm-hmm. television or movie thing, like, I mean, like you're you're getting makeup, you're getting costume, yeah. right? Yep. It's just yep. like they it's dress just, you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like you, but you do it in a day. Yeah, it's way shorter and way more money than you'll ever make on a movie, and <laughs> and and smaller scale. Like it's just there's less pressure, I think. And is, and it, more, really, is it more money? Like, per, I mean, I, I don't say I don't. You don't have to get into specific dollar amounts and stuff too, but like for. Like a, a one-day shoot, then you also get money every time the commercial airs, right? Yes, yes. So, so it, it de- is it, is it, it depends. bigger up front, and then it depends. And then continue on, or I don't remember. I, I mean, I know I know it, I know it varies wildly. I'm just so by but what your experience has been. Yeah, I don't think it's. I think it's probably bigger up front, and then there's also it depends on what kind of commercial it is, like. There's, yeah. there's, there local, at the time, national, yeah, local versus national. You know, now there's like, you know, commercials that will only live on the web, and there's some right. that are only on Pandora, <laughs> right? There's all these different things for commercials now. So, yeah. Uh, but so that's why, and that's, and they're priced accordingly like that. Uh, okay. But this was a television commercial, which was, wow. you know, and do it was you, on network. Do you remember, do they, do they tell you when they're going to be, when it's going to be on? No. Oh, I so say, did have, when was the first time you saw yourself that like you, it was on? Because I mean, like people <gasps> oh these days God. don't the the youth of today don't yeah. understand the ubiquity of commercials and how right. we had them memorized and we would see them all the oh, time and this, God, that, that it was actually a, as much as I, I don't want to be nostalgic for advertising. There was something about it that that was a common thing that yeah. you and I right now could talk about our favorite ads. Yeah. Whereas that th- our children have no idea what that is. No, no, they know YouTube right. uh, memes and things. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what they'll remember, but right. not the not the commercials. It's no. true. Yeah. Um, so, do you remember this first time you saw one of your commercials on television? I don't know that I ever caught that one. I think the first one that I saw was a Tampax commercial I did. Okay. Um, I was just the voiceover. I was not the on camera, but I heard my voice and that was really like, oh, oh my God, it worked. Like they actually kept my voice in a box and they put it, they attached it to that commercial. Um, And that was really cool. Like I think, and the Nokia one I saw a lot, that was very exciting because we did a bunch of spots so that they were kind of on all the time. And it was, it's thrilling. I mean, obviously it's like, it's thrilling. It's like yeah. a, for a minute you actually are entertained by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> when like, the rest I of live it, with me all the time. I'm I'm not that interesting. But then all of a sudden you, you go, oh, well, I it, see what they yeah. see. <laughs> yeah, I was so I had such nerves. I mean, I, I'm surprised. I, but I kept doing it because it was all I'd ever known, you know. And and but I really I struggled. Like I didn't get 
I didn't get most of the jobs. Sure. I, I don't even know. I, I try to remember if I even got called back, but it didn't. I did. I didn't get the feeling that it was going well. But also, yeah. I had come from everything goes well all the time the first right. time. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, like, so far it's been a charmed life. Like to get this, not that you haven't been working hard, not that you were talented, but like, like I'm like, this is amazing. How many dominoes have fallen for you? Because like, I know there's there's a there's a, a thousand hard luck stories that that could follow the same one, and all of a sudden just veer off wildly on many many exits. I know, and I don't. I you know, I I really wish that um that I felt more comfortable. I, what I should say is I kind of wish it hadn't gone that easily. Oh, right. <laughs> so early on, yeah. because I think I do have a tendency to get into the like, oh, this should be happening faster or, you know, I shouldn't have to work this hard. When in fact, like I actually, <laughs> I I could work harder. You know, that's, <laughs> you know so, what I mean? So so this is this is the first time you would have had to face a massive amount of rejection. Oh like, my god. So how did you learn like to uh, emotionally deal with hearing no or actually what I found is like I I, I was trying to steal myself going into this like I'm going to hear no and it'll be like you don't know what you're talking about I'm going to be it's not the no that hurts it's the silence that kills you. Oh. It's the, it's when they don't return the calls, don't return the email. That's oh. the stuff that just stings. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that is a special kind of hell. As far as I can remember, I think that my agents mostly protected me. Okay. Um, although I will say when I, back in Texas, when I was in high school, I auditioned to play the daughter of a Bette Midler movie. Oh, wow. And I think the casting director said something like she was unimpressive. Ooh. And right. And I'm yeah. 16 years old. Sure. Like, is that necessary? How about green? Right. Or, you know. Yeah. But unfortunately, my agents passed that along to me. <sighs> and so I think I have a, I had a little bit um, of like. We had a conference just, about you and we, uh, we'd like you to be more impressive next time you right? audition. If you could work on that. I know. I'm and, like, uh, oh, and, my God. And you need us to pick you up because I know we can't have a driver's license yet. Is that? <laughs> well, it's like, it's one of those. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's really weird because I, uh. I had uh, I had things going on that people who actually went to school and got training did not have going on. Mm -hmm. But then it got real brutal because I didn't have training and people who had training then were able to like actually sustain it. I think you can fall back on your training. I think if you okay. have that, if you have skills like that and you've really mastered those skills and you continue to master those skills, it feels less personal. It feels less chaotic, right? It doesn't feel like, oh, I just hope I randomly get lucky and someone yeah. finds me impressive. Like, you have a skill that you know you're going into the room, you're doing your thing, and it's yeah. either going to work or it's not. But at least you know you did what you could do. And I, because like I said, it was all intuition and timing and luck. I got so yeah. lucky so many times that when I stopped getting lucky, I didn't know how to make luck. Yeah, you know, and I didn't really know how to hone those skills. You know, so it took me a while. It took me a, a, a bit of time. <laughs> so you've been now on the other side of the table. You have yeah. auditioned people. So yes. now, director Mandy, what would yeah. you go back and tell actor Mandy about going into all of those auditions? <laughs> um, I would say that I would say, listen, you're a singular expression of a human being. Like, that's it. Get into the the given circumstances. Relax and know that you can't fuck it up because, oh, pardon, I said the F-bomb. You, you can't mess it up because you you have to get out of the way like all that ego and stuff has to get out of the way it doesn't matter you're you're whether you're good or bad that's not even a thing the only thing is whether you were available to that character and that moment did you honor that character did you say the words the way that the writer intended like like you're, it's her job and now i understand those skills cuz i so appreciate it when actors bring it you know yeah. and you can tell when an actor's all caught up in whether or not they're good or how they look or they get really self-conscious and they're not relaxed and it's such a beautiful thing when you see somebody come in and just like like 
drop in and let the character do all of the work. I mean, it's a it's it's kind of mystical. I mean, yeah. it, it's channeling in a way, you know. Um, and sometimes people are just they also have the other set of skills, which is like I learn my lines, I understand rhythm, I know how to be still, you know, I know how to listen because half of acting really is reacting, right? It's it's amazing to me how interesting people are when they're doing nothing. Yeah. Like just listening and thinking and how all of a sudden it sparks a performance alive. And there were times when I had that experience in the room as an actor. And I and I honestly, when I was having that experience, I could have cared less whether I got the part. <laughs> because for that moment, I was yeah. like doing the part and you could feel it. It was like a wave where you're like, oh, this is happening now. Like you're listening to the reader. You guys have a magic. Something's going on. And like you're just in it. And that's really, really fun when that happens. Both times it happened to me. <laughs> I'm kidding. I remember, there were three. Uh, watching a, I think it was a YouTube video about Gene Wilder, and they were talking about how Gene Wilder. They said he's one of the one of the best out there, but one of his best skills was reacting. Oh like, yeah, because he was an active listener. So yeah. like a lot of times it was just something funny would happen, and he would just take the beat. Yeah. Instead of immediately like, what you know, it's just like it's just like. Okay, he would just have that that thing, and they said that's so rare that someone can get a laugh from not doing something. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a huge part of it, and and it's it's the toughest thing in the world to do if you're nervous. Like that's the thing that I realize now. I go, oh well, I was all ratcheted up with nerves, and and. You really can't do it if you're nervous because you need to be able to be alive. Like, you need to listen and have normal human responses to things and not be frozen up. And that's, you know, you can really tell when nerve. And, and that's, a, that's a tough thing because you have to be so prepared. Like, I, I want actors to be so prepared, and yet I want it to feel like they have not prepared. So mm, you have to yeah. you have to memorize the lines. You have sure. to have an idea of how to play the jokes, right? You have to have thought about it, made a yeah. choice. But then once you've made your choice, you also have to step in and make it feel like it's happening in that moment. Yeah. And you can tell, like, so it's not um, predictable or stiff. It's tough. And I've only auditioned people for stuff that I've written and for plays. Um, so I've only done it a couple times, but... I can tell you, if, if this is any consolation to the actors out there, I have had people come in where I was like, you are not the right person for this part, but okay, and had them do so well, commit to it so well that I was like, and I've just rewritten the part. Yeah, definitely. Like I, have, I have had multiple times where I've had someone come in and I'm like, okay, that man is now a woman, that woman is now a man, like whatever it is. Uh, like, you know, that adult is now a child. You know, I, I like, I'm like, you are that amazing that I will change my my script for you because, wow, I want other people to see what I just saw. Oh, so yeah. So I think actors have a lot of power in that room, much more they think of, God, I hope I get it. Like, you, oh. if you come in, and, and also, uh, I, I, think, I think you'll probably agree with me on this, I have also earmarked people. Like, when they come in, I'm like, Oh, you're not right for this, but I re- I'm going to remember you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You fall in love with people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. And you, yeah, yeah. And actually, there's people that they change your mind. Because, yes. I mean, there was a guy in, in my movie that I, I really didn't, I didn't know if he could even do the part, to be honest. Like, <laughs> um, but, but we had a table read and I was like, wow. Look at that. He totally changed my mind about this character and it ended up being better for the character. Yeah. You know? But yeah, it, um, so that's always really fun. I mean, when somebody makes it, it, someone is just doing something that's so interesting, you do. You either want to write for them. I have written yeah. for people, which oh, yeah, is me cool. Too. Me yeah. too. When you yeah. find a, a, an actor that is just has something different about them. You're like, I don't know what, but like, I I need people to see what I just saw. I'm going oh. to give you something. And, and I know I can give you ingredients and you're going to deliver a meal. Yes. Yeah, there's, there's people that I've worked with repeatedly and it kills me whenever I have something that I'm like, oh, they're not really right for this. 
Yeah. But that's too bad because I love working with them. You know. You well, that's know? that's part of it too. I mean, that's it's. I think I'm trying to remember what the what the trifecta was because uh, I somebody who was a does casting was explains to me. They said you can be uh, professional. You can be. You can do your homework. And you can be nice. If you're any two of those things, you will have a long and prosperous career. If you get all yep. three, you're going to be a star. But it's like <laughs> you need. It's like, but it's that thing of getting all three of those is so rare because you get people who can be total divas, but mm. they, when they when you see them on screen, they go, "Wow, they really deliver." And so wow. you'll sort of let them be awful because you know you're going to get something great. You get people like, oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're okay. They're okay. But, like, but they're the nicest person in the world, and they show up on time, and they have their stuff memorized. They're ready to go, and they're a joy to be around. It's <laughs> like, you know what? I'm going to put you in everything because I just like having you with me. I had never heard that. Yeah. I, I had ne- it's like that. Well, you I, can- I, 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 my local theater company, like, uh, the, like I was because I was complaining about an actor, like, oh, this guy drives me crazy. And they're like, oh, yeah, he doesn't do his homework. And I'm like... I, I, what does that mean? They're like, oh yeah, he's one of those people who thinks he's so talented he can just show up and cold read and have it down. Uh, Doesn't do his homework. Just like, they're like, we hate those people. Like, we earmark him. Like, oh man, unless you like, if you're just gonna, if you think you're just gonna wing it, nope, sorry, not this level. I think people are just afraid of it. You know, I, I think they're. I think it's a clear self sabotagey thing where like, I don't want to, I don't want to do a bad job. So if I don't try then that's the reason I did a bad job. You know, I do think right. that's... I, I, I absolutely would agree with that. There, there are a certain amount of... There's a certain amount of fear of success. Yeah, a fear of failure, too. Oh, that's true. That's Yeah, the other side of that, too. Right? I, 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 that's why I think that toolbox, like, the, the people that I know that, like, went to grad school for acting... Yeah. They talk about it, and I'm like, oh, okay... All that stuff that I was like, but <laughs> is that going to make me a star? Like, I <laughs> I, I just, I didn't, you know, I even did some of it, but I did it for like six weeks at a time where like these programs, you know, they did yeah, Feldenkrais the and all these, yeah, movement and yeah. how to act like an animal. And mm-hmm. now I'm you a know, tree. I'm swaying in the wind. Yeah. There's some really fascinating stuff out there that can seem pretty silly unless you're trying to be a professional actor. And it turns out that stuff actually works. It actually builds a a toolbox that people can use, you know? And especially when they're working with different directors. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I would say you obviously working your way up. So let's let's go back to the timeline then before we we jump too far ahead. Yeah. So so what was the first, like... um, Fiction, I guess fictional, like what gig you get, like television, movie, like what right. was the first major, not even major, but like the first thing you actually yeah. got to be a performer, even if it was like, you know, woman number three. Well, I, as a matter of fact, I believe I was co-ed number two. Okay. Um, Everybody's got to pay their dues. Mm-hmm. In private parts. Okay. Oh, the Howard Stern movie. Yes. I was in a scene with Howard Stern. Okay. And Did Betty you have a Thomas, line? I did. <gasps> did you get your SAG card from that? I got my SAG card from the commercial. Oh, from the commercial. Okay. I didn't know if that yeah. counted. Yeah, yeah. Nope. Okay. The, the commercial was SAG, so I got my SAG card from that. Oh, it's by the way, how great to have actors unions because, yeah. oh my God, I never would have known how to make a living from this. Yeah. They, I'm, a, it's a, I'm a big fan of the uh, actors union writers, writers guild. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I think they could do more, but I'm happy that they're out there and they're they're you know they're actually somebody standing up for the artists. Oh yeah, and and clueless people like me, like I said, if somebody was like, "Do you want to do this for a dollar?" I would have been like, "Yeah, yeah, I just want exposure." (laughs) Yeah, and so the fact that the unions are like, "Actually, you're gonna pay this, and we're gonna get you health insurance too," like that kind of thing. Uh, it was kind of goofy. Like, it was a big movie. Betty Thomas was the director. I wow. loved her. Did you get directed by Betty Thomas? I I did, yeah. Okay, I was going to, I mean, like, you know, for, for being far down yeah. the call sheet, you know, it might have just been like a, an AD comes up and says, could you just try it a little faster? Oh, no, no, no. That was the scene. Like, it, I mean, it took like all of five minutes, but <laughs> that was the, that was the scene where he came up and asked me out and I said, No. Oh, okay. So this is this is during college, like yeah. So yeah. Like, you, like he was in college and you were in college in the. Yep. Okay. And did it make the final cut? Uh, not only did it make the final cut, it made the trailer. Hey, 
<laughs> so there was this crazy thing where they were showing the the trailer for Private Parts on CNN, <laughs> and it was playing all the time, and all these people were like, oh my God, dude, you're in the Howard Stern movie. <laughs> like, don't waste money on a ticket. You just saw me. <laughs> that was like, it. You're still my whole part. That's all I'm going to do. No, yeah. Yeah. It was very, very funny. But you know, they, even when you play a tiny little part, they invite you to the premiere. Oh, wow. Yeah, you get to go to a red carpet thing and they give you free popcorn and soda. And then they stand up there and they thank the entire cast and crew. And you're like, that was me. Hey, I was one of those people. I was. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. really cool. So, yeah. so do you still get residuals? I, I don't think I've gotten residuals in a few years. But okay. honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I have in the, in the last... Five years. I mean, it's it's been a while, but I got residuals for a long time. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, I, I've seen the uh, uh, actors posting their 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 one cent check. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you get a lot of that, but it still feels good. You know what I mean? Well, sure. It's that weird thing. You forget that you've done jobs, and then you get a residual, and you're like, "Hey, <laughs> oh, I remember that. Good for me." Yeah, <laughs> that was my first like big one, and that's where. Yeah, I think after that is when I decided to come to LA. I came to LA oh, really? for a bit. Okay. I, for like a minute. I came to LA for a minute. Um, uh, yeah. But it was, and and I, I auditioned. It was more of the same, really. And then I went back to New York. <laughs> so you, you never got uh, pulled into the soaps? I know the soaps is a big thing in New York. Oh, yeah. It is a big thing. But I was not a classic beauty like oh. the soaps really were looking for. Okay. I, I really was so hardcore. And this is where I think this is what I think is interesting for any artist. And I wish we could all hold this. I wish, because it's such an ambitious business and we all have these big goals, right? Sure. I wish that I could hold this more often. But like your path really unfolds in its own unique way. And you kind of need to love it and offer your best to it instead of constantly craning your neck to look at somebody else's path, right? Because... Like, I didn't get on soaps, but I probably would have hated to be on soaps, to be honest. Mm, like, yeah. I, there's, there's, uh, you know, or maybe I would have loved it and maybe I would have ended up directing soaps. I don't know. But, but like, I was so into comedy I, and I loved it so much. And now, so I was really focused on that. I was doing a lot of stage. I was doing, like, experimental theater. I was doing super offbeat, crazy, not paying me a dime stuff. And... And that was just sort of where I ended up, but it it shaped a very offbeat sensibility. Hmm. You well, know, were you trying to develop anything of your own at this time, or were you just trying to to book gigs? I was trying to. I wanted. Yeah, I wasn't really set up for this. Like, I didn't have a literary agent or manager. I wasn't like things. It was sort of like. Um. I didn't have any representation in that department. Or if I got representation, then I didn't understand really what was expected of me. <laughs> you know, like, again, it was that thing of like, I'm going to do it all on my own. I'm just going to read the artist's way and do whatever comes up. And instead of like, or go take a class or <laughs> get a mentor or, yeah. y you know what I mean? So I, it wasn't until later that I figured out how to write. Like, I literally had half of a script and I was like, is that enough to send to people? And a writer friend of mine was like, no, no. <laughs> no, it's got to be done. You, like, you, Yeah, you can't send half a script yeah, to somebody. Anybody you're can a, write half a script. Right, you're not a writer <laughs> if you haven't finished it. Are you a moron? But I, you know, I came from sketch comedy and everything sure. had been easy. I'm like, maybe yeah. that'll be enough. Like, so it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, so before before she, I, I assume, exits the story, your roommate, did she ever <laughs> make it as a dancer? She did a lot of dance in New York City. I came to see her in a couple shows. Making it as a dancer is is kind of tough. She's now a public health social worker. Okay. She work, She works for the city of New York in the public health department, which was really interesting Ooh. during during COVID. I'll tell yeah, you that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but she still loves dance, and she did it. She did it actively and religiously. We were, you know, we were doing that thing together. Yeah, I, I, I always think of like uh, um, dancers, kind of like the NFL. Like, <laughs> there, you have a season, mm -hmm. and either an injury is going to take you out, 
or basically like, yeah, okay, this is the, like, you know, by the time you're, by the time you're, you know, 40. Hmm, I think there is it that. It might be time I mean, to, to move into something else. And it's, you know, I don't know. It's a culture where they're and there's, like. Because there's, there's another wave coming up. Yeah. You there's know. two or three big companies. Yeah. I, it's more like in a weird way, if you move to a small, smaller town, if you're not living in New York or L.A., yeah. you actually get to do a lot of really cool theater and dance and cool things because they have those things in smaller places. But there's not nine 100,000 people trying to get those jobs. Right. <laughs> you know, at yeah. all compete. All you could be, you could be a much bigger fish if you go to a smaller pond. Well, I mean, yeah, if you, you know, if, if that's what you, if that's what you really want to do, you know, I, I guess it just depends. It's like people get lucky. Like, um, there's a, one of the actors in the film I did, like he was, I think he was roommates with Josh Gad. Oh wow! And yeah, and and there was he has a couple other bonkers. Oh, Katie Mixon, I think was another roommate of, or like another college buddy of his. So there's like four or five of them that just all like, you know, became giant in the entertainment industry. Yeah, and they just happen to know each other. So that's like a wad of fresh, amazing talent right there with those four people. But like, yeah. you know, but they're they're everywhere. Like I've seen stuff in in smaller towns that I'm like, wow, that is so creative and original and interesting. Well, you know, I mean, there's really incredible stuff that a lot of people are like, yeah, I don't really need to get famous or get paid. I kind of have my other stuff going on, but this is my art. Yeah, there's, I've lived in a couple different places across the country and not all of them are artsy towns, but there are artsy towns out there. So yeah. like, you know, people think of New York and L.A., but like Chicago has an amazing yeah. art scene. Atlanta oh. has an amazing art scene. Minneapolis has an amazing art scene, which oh. you wouldn't expect. But yeah, incredible. It's really, really vibrant. Um, so, yeah, so there's there's these places dotted across the, the, the country that are doing really, really cool stuff that you really couldn't do anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking, yeah. like, like you're talking about the professional dancer moving to a smaller area. I'm like, we are halfway to a romantic comedy right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's the start of a premise that we can pitch oh to God. Lifetime. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, oh, I think that's Bunheads. I think that's Sutton Foster's show. Oh, that's funny. I think that, I'm, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, they kind of already got there. But eh, <laughs> there's still something there. So. Copyright I've, this podcast. I, I've always <laughs> That's wanted our to do. Idea. You can't have it. Okay, I got you. Got it. Yes, I, I've always wanted to <laughs> no, do I a meant, show. I meant the listener. Like, listen, listener. Oh, <laughs> don't go off and write that. That we're we're claiming credit for it right now. We're we are planning to rip off Bunheads. Don't you mm-hmm. do it? We're gonna do it. That's right. Um, it's on ABC Family. Nobody watched that. <laughs> I've always wanted to do a story on the the amusement park performers. Oh, okay. Uh, because like those, like like the who perform like the the singing dancing shows at yeah in the yeah. in the big air conditioned theater and they right. do shows at like twelve two four and yeah. six yeah let me tell you those people work, work their hard. asses off yeah and those are there's some really talented folks in there I'm like wow and what I I just think they're so and they're in like Pittsburgh or right? you yeah. know Hershey but they're, Park but they're doing yeah but they're they're singing their guts out yeah. Dancing, I mean, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I say every every time I go to any one of those things, I always go to see those shows. Me too. Those are like some of the highlights of those things for me. It's like, oh no, no go ahead on the roller coaster. I'm gonna watch, you know, Broadway oh. Review, 1987, whatever. Oh, it is. I love it so much, and all I do is imagine their lives. Like I, <laughs> all I do, I just want to know, like, where do you live, and how yeah. did you get this job, and how long have you been doing it, and what do you love about it, what do you hate about it, what's it like yeah. backstage, and is there a waiting for Guffman thing, like, yeah. It, like, are you it, know, just like waiting for like one a, a producer is going to just sit in the audience and go, that kid's a star. Yeah. Well, isn't it? it everybody thinks this way. I right. like, you know, when I was doing when I was doing my little announcements in the theater, yeah. I wasn't I was I, I wasn't like, I think I'm going to star in a couple of plays in the local community theater. Like that was not I was I was like, I'm going to be Meryl Streep and I'm going to win an Oscar. Everybody has that right when yeah. they're thinking about this stuff at least i think i don't know did you know is there kind of that like and then i'm gonna write a movie and i'm gonna write the new star wars right yeah exactly right? It's like, my stuff is just as good as what gets on there i could write a movie better than transformers 4 <laughs> we all think that yeah i think yeah yeah 
That's so true. what so that what drew you to Los Angeles? What was the first thing that sort of brought you out? Was it just ambition or was there actually like a thing? Well, well, when I went to Los Angeles, uh it was because of pilot season because oh, I was okay. Okay. auditioning sure. you know, I was going to come out and try to do pilot season out here. And I really fell in love with it. I got a job um not acting, but well kind of acting. I got a job playing a you know, dressing up as characters for children's birthday parties. Oh, yeah, okay. And uh, doing balloon animals and magic shows and things like that. So it was my paying gig. Okay. And then and then I um, auditioned and met casting directors, and, and I went back to New York, and I was totally going to move to L.A. Like, that was the plan. Sure. I had friends from college. I loved driving. It was like, I it was all, I was like, this is magical. I loved it. And so, I don't... So before, before, before we go further, yeah. just... I'm just curious. So now you've dealt with New York casting agents. Yeah. And now you're dealing with L.A. casting agents. So there's the classic New York, L.A. What did you find was the difference between the styles of the two? Well, that's very interesting. Um, I I don't know that there's a... I mean, New York... New York has a tendency to be a little more gruff. Okay. Like, more direct. Um, and they... Uh, and business like I guess like you know like let's let's go um but they were lovely actually there was there was a couple casting directors that were so sweet and every time I went in there god love them they really did everything they could to put me in the right position to get the job you know um so they were great but but LA I don't know it's it L.A. was crazy intimidating because when you go into an office in New York, you're just going into a high rise and then maybe you see show posters on the wall. But when you go in L.A., you're going to Paramount. Yeah. You're you're going to the lot. Yeah. You go to Warner Brothers and, you know, so that is really like, whoa. So what is what is the someone coming from the outside? What is the energy of pilot season like? Like is is there real is there real like hustle bustle feeling or yes. is it just like oh really oh yeah no well and it's changed of course because well, television sure. has changed well, so I much say, right season is all year round now <laughs> yeah yeah um, they still kind of just to keep their sanity sort of like pack it into they try to at least um, have a pilot season but yeah it's mostly. It, it, it shows are kind of going all the time. There's no like we have to fit in our schedule because network network programming is all different, you know. Um, so it 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 is crazy. I mean, it's like everybody's working really hard, and like I have so many stories. I friends of mine who got parts and then like heard through their agents that they were going to get replaced after the table read, so they had to like call the director and try to pitch to like re-audition or get an like I mean it's crazy that people get like offered stuff in the room depending on like how much time there is left to before they have to cast something it's really it's it's like a buck and bronco pilot season because people have a schedule and deadlines and they're all fighting to try to catch magic in a bottle and that's really hard to do like some of the most talented people I know they write pilots and they're great pilots and they get a great cast and everybody's happy and then you know the pilot ends up and it's not good and it doesn't or or it's fantastic and everybody loves it and it still doesn't get picked up yeah do you know about do you know about dead pilot society no no wait i think i've heard about there's actually a it's a great podcast that they put out where they allow people who have a dead pilot basically that pilot that went all the way through reading and just never got made like but never got the reading so like they oh. they then get a bunch of actors together. I think actually Misty Pyle was on one of these one of these episodes. I'm sure that they, sounds they great. Gather, um, in the days when we, we we could gather together, they gather them together and do a live script read wow. of the pilot. So these so these the writers actually get a chance to hear this <gasps> dead pilot read out for the first time. And there's oh. and there's some amazing pilots that I was like, why is that not a television show that once even hear it, and I still think about it to this day, like, man, I wonder what ever happened to those characters because it was so good just from the start. So it's it's nice that some of those things that people worked really really hard on actually get a chance to to have the uh, an audience go, yes, you did a good job. Oh, I love that. I got it. Is it still on? I got it. It's check on. That yeah, out. no, they're still doing it, and they they did it. They were doing it over Zoom, you know, during quarantine, which was nice, but. 
yeah not not quite the same because it's just you know a, a fancy zoom meeting uh, mm-hmm. but hopefully now that uh, that people are able to gather together they'll be able to you know book the largo or whatever another and, and oh. have another reading oh yeah that's great yeah, oh that's good. so yeah so when you're not listening to this podcast yeah hop over to that one and do it because there's a bunch of them that are really really good and you'll be amazed by the amount of really talented people they get to to be on it like to to, to do a, a nothing part that'll never go anywhere but they get oh. like a major like you know john hodgman had a, a, a oh had my a, god i love him he wrote a, he wrote a, a pilot for a, a television show that he was going to be the star of playing himself as a 13 year old boy <laughs> oh i have to check this out <laughs> so good so good it's amazing yeah it's really i i remember reading the pilot of uh modern family oh wow um okay. and and being like, oh, wow, like, how are they going to cast this? And also, I thought it was it was incredible. It was like the big buzz around town. Everybody's like, it's a really good pilot. <laughs> because, you know, in a weird way, there's a lot of not so great pilots that sure. also get made, you know, depending on what your taste is. It's right. all subjective. And, and also, yeah, like some of them are, are great from the page and some of them like only come alive when they're read. And then some, oh, yeah. some of the some shows only get good in the second season. <laughs> yeah. Yep, exactly. Uh, but they're they they're at least given time to do that, which is exactly nice. exactly. Yeah. With Hollywood on the horizon, that's where we're going to hit pause. Next time, we'll be talking about the nitty-gritty of pilot season, dealing with agents and managers, and Mandy's association with the former queen of daytime television. If you'd like to hear more of Mandy Fabian, you can listen to her show, The Mand Cave, where she and her close friend Mandy Kaplan force each other to watch shows and movies they might never see then have a wonderful time arguing with each other about them. Available wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the next chapter in the Curiosity Codex, but there are still many pages left to decipher. We're part of the True Story FM family of podcasts. Find out more about us at truestory.fm. Our theme music is Intrusion by Severed Personality, a.k.a. Kevin McLeod. The voice of the Codex is Vicki Hall. Find her on the web at vickihall.squarespace.com. And my name is Kyle Olson. The Codex is closed for now. <laughs>